Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So, for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at uh1.com. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Before we jump into this juicy episode with this week's beautiful guest, Jenny Levine Fink, I have to let you in on a little project I have been working my tush off on. Are you ready? I wrote a cookbook. Now, this is massive. I have poured my heart and soul into this baby to bring you a complete guide to nourishing your body from the inside out. A cookbook has been the most requested product by far from you guys in over 10 years working in this wellness space. And I just know in my heart, you're going to love it. It literally turned out exactly how I envisioned it, probably even better. This is the book I manifested into reality. It's actually funny. I haven't told my mum this yet, but she was the push I needed to write it. I was living with her over COVID while I was going through a breakup with my daughter's dad. And it was my responsibility each night to cook dinner. So cooked up a storm, I did. I dished up different cuisines each night, all packed with flavor and all beautifully presented. My mum could not get over how delicious everything was and kept saying I needed to write down all my recipes before I moved out. She was your typical meat and three veg or one of those supermarket frozen meals kind of girl beforehand. In a couple of months living together, she said she dropped weight, was more lean, she had more energy and said she slept so much better. To give you an idea of what's inside Naturally Nourished, that's what it's called, each copy delivers 99 pages packed to the brim with wellness information designed to help you shine from the inside out. 36 tried and tested core gluten and dairy-free whole food recipes bursting with nutrition and taste. 11 rockstar basic recipes using everyday ingredients. 25 pages of research-backed information and real talk nutrition advice to support you in your health journey. 10 mouth-watering refined sugar-free snacks and treats to satisfy the sweet tooth. Cleansing soups, juices and smoothies to support the body's natural detox process a comprehensive naturally nourished shopping list and a bonus food affirmation poster to guide yourself to a healthier relationship with food. 
Now, it isn't officially launched yet, but if you're listening to this episode today, you are my people and I want you to be one of the first ones to get your hands on a copy. If you're on my email list, you would have seen me popping in there recently too to let you know about it. And a gorgeous woman who purchased her copy recently yesterday dropped into my socials to say this. I've just had your recipe book printed off and bound. What a beautiful soul Bible. You should be super proud of yourself. Everyone needs this in their lives. How beautiful is that? Oh my gosh, my heart is exploding. So, so nice. So to grab your copy or your soul Bible, just hit the link in the show notes found in the description box of this very episode, whatever app you are using. And what's even better is I've popped a pre-launch 30% off discount on there for you too. Remember, these are the recipes that matter. Now let's jump into this week's episode. Welcome to another episode of the Hayley Morecambe podcast. I am so excited you're here for showing up for yourself, your self-love and self-care. Each week, I gift you the permission and the space to claim the most happy, healthy, abundant life and give you access to the most sparkliest version of you. On this journey together, we'll learn and grow and thrive to be the best version of ourselves. We don't settle for anything less than incredible. I'm your host, Haley, a fitness and nutrition coach, writer, former radio host and journalist, advocate for self-love and self-care, and all-round wellness guru. I'm a mama to the most divine little girl and a fur parent to a cheeky little cavoodle. I am so pumped to take you into another magical episode. Are you ready? Let's go. Jenny Levine Fink is the author of Good For You Gluten-Free, a website dedicated to sharing information about living a healthy gluten-free lifestyle. She's a certified integrative nutrition coach and tireless advocate and educator for the gluten-free community. She's also the author of the award-winning book, Dear Gluten, It's Not Me, It's You, a must-read book on how to break up with gluten. Jenny lives near Denver, Colorado with her husband and their two children. During today's conversation, we cover off what is gluten and what it's doing to most people's bodies, the most important thing you need to do if you have any kind of autoimmune disease, how to get tested for celiac disease or a gluten sensitivity, how to break up with gluten without feeling deprived, what happens to your health when you do give up wheat, the healing power of real whole foods, plus so much more. Okay, let's do this. Let's jump into our chat with Jenny Levine Fink. Hi, Jenny. Thank you so much for jumping into the show today. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. I love, we were just um, having a bit of a laugh um, outside of this recording that we had to actually try to align our two time zones because we're about to you. I'm in Denver, Colorado, which is Mountain Standard Time. (laughs) <laughs> yes, I know. When you said mountain standard, I was like, what is that? I had to yeah. Google it. I was trying to figure out two time zones. So it's the morning here. It is the late afternoon for you, for you and right. it's snowing. It's, it's already dark here and it's snowing. Yes. <laughs> so oh it's evening, almost evening for me, early evening. Yes. Well, thank you so much, like I said, for jumping in. This is a topic that 
like I was just saying to you before we started recording this, it's something obviously we're both so passionate about. You, um, you know, you've got a business, a book and a blog about it. Like you, you live and breathe this. And it's something that I've been living it for, for many, many years. And I was chatting to you about this as well is, you know, I feel like we could dedicate a whole, a whole day talking about this topic, right. but I'm super excited to get into it, to really go back to basics and really just have a look at what exactly gluten is and what it's doing to our body and and how it can benefit if benefit us if we kind of start to look at a life you know without it in it without depri- deprivation which i think right. you would agree is probably the biggest thing that people say is like oh my gosh i'm missing out so before we jump into that let's jump into you for for a moment and your story about how you came to doing what you're doing now and how it all started for you yeah. Well, I, um, I like most people had no idea something was wrong with me because celiac disease is pretty much an invisible illness. But about 10 years ago, it's just over 10 years ago, I had went to my doctor for my routine annual exam, like most women do. And I just asked her, I said, you know, I have this really severe bloating. I've had it for a while. And it usually happens at the end of the day. And I really was just looking for her to recommend some gas medications, you know, something that would relieve the bloating in my stomach. And I I had a great doctor. She said, that doesn't sound normal. Let's run some tests. Didn't even think to ask her, you know, what tests are you running? (laughs) I just went with it. And yeah, a day or two later, she calls me and she's like, yeah, you have celiac disease. And of course, you know, 10 years ago, we didn't know a lot about celiac and gluten. It was sort of an up and coming disorder, I guess you could say. And the diagnostic tools were just coming kind of to fruition at that time. So um, yeah, she told me I had celiac disease. I couldn't eat gluten. And obviously at that time, there was not a lot of information. And so I really felt like not only was I fumbling through figuring out what is gluten-free, what isn't gluten-free, but I was still suffering long after even going gluten-free. I still had those stomach aches. I still had that severe bloating and I really couldn't figure out why. And so I went on this journey to try to understand what was happening to my body. What was gluten doing? Was my body healed? How could I heal my gut? Um, I went back to school to study nutrition and then just sort of changed my life a little bit. We, at the time I was um, working for, I was doing PR for different brands. And one of the brands I was working for was Dunkin' Donuts. I don't know if you guys have that in Australia, but um, it's a popular donut chain here in the US. And I'm we've like, definitely, we've definitely okay, heard of it. Have we, have it? Our, we have our fair share of donut places here <laughs> too. Yeah, you guys know what donuts are, right? Of course. Um, and so, yeah, it, and you know, at this time I'm like, this doesn't feel authentic to me. I don't want to be doing this. And so I decided that it was time to, to shift. And that's when I started my website and started to learn and grow as a, a nutritionist. Yeah, amazing. And you wrote a book. Yes, that was that's like, you know, 10 years in the making, right? Of course, um, my book is called Dear Gluten, It's Not Me, It's You. And what I really wanted was a story about sort of that that grief process, you know, breaking up with gluten is like a breakup with a boyfriend or a girlfriend or whatever. It, you go through so many different emotions, physically, emotionally, mentally. And so this book is sort of that breakup story, a breakup story, like as if gluten was my old boyfriend and I'm breaking up with him and it was really a hard process. And then I also talk about how I healed, 
and that's really the the redemption of the story you know that that i was able to heal my body i was able to figure out what was happening and how i could heal and seal my gut and actually you know stop stop the bloat you know and 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 to feel normal again so it was the whole process that i that i wrote about in my book Mm, amazing. Uh, and I think a lot of people can relate to what you were saying with the bloating at the end of the day. I think sometimes, and you could agree, we just accept that as normal and think, oh, yes, I bloat at night. That's what I do. I look in the mirror and I've got this big bloated tummy and that's just normal. Um, and we'll go into your healing process as we chat today. But can we just strip it right back and actually look at gluten itself? Because a lot of people that's probably listening right now, what you've already said is probably spiked, sparked a lot of interest. And they're like, I'm listening. I'm listening. This is me. Right. Can we strip that back and go, okay, what is gluten and what is it doing to our body? Right. So gluten is a protein and that protein is found in wheat, rye, barley, and sometimes in oats. Oats are naturally gluten-free, but they're cross-contaminated and come in contact with wheat. And so they actually have gluten residue on them. So it is a protein. And um, for people with celiac disease, that protein actually um, causes the body to create antibodies to gluten. And so it's it, celiac disease is an autoimmune disease. So what happens is every time someone with celiac disease eats gluten, their body mistakes, their immune system mistakes that gluten is some sort of foreign invader and it goes into attack mode and it sends antibodies to attack that gluten. And what it's attacking is the site of the small intestine, which is where digestion happens. You know, every piece of food that we eat goes into our small intestine and is distributed by our small intestine. And that's, you know, our small intestine basically feeds every organ and cell in our body. And so when your immune system is attacking this very essential organ, the organ responsible for feeding your whole body, you end up with a slew of different symptoms. A lot of people have classical symptoms, which are those GI symptoms that I experienced, but a lot of people also have uh, skin disorders, you know, real itchy skin dermatitis, um, some people have joint pain, migraines, brain disorders. There's really a slew of disorders that have been tied to celiac disease. Now, a lot of people don't have celiac disease. They're like, I have the test. I am negative for celiac disease, but I know I have an issue with gluten. Like I know when I eat it, I bloat up or I get joint pain, whatever it is. And so what we're seeing is that gluten actually causes inflammation in all people who eat it, everyone who eats it. A lot of people can deal with that chronic inflammation, um, but then I think over time when you have, you know, constantly, when you're constantly eating gluten, that chronic inflammation turns into other disorders in your body. And that's why we see a lot of uh, people with gluten intolerance. This, this protein is really hard for people to digest and it's been tied to a slew of disorders. And there, there was actually this study that came out in February of 2022, this year. And it said that uh, this, this, this amazing doctor, Dr. Schoenfeld, he examined how gluten, um, what gluten does to people with autoimmune disease. And he found that 65% of people with autoimmune disease saw their symptoms either ameliorated or greatly improved by the gluten-free diet. So we're not really sure what's going on, but we know gluten is a contributing factor to autoimmune disease and some of these chronic illnesses that so many of us are suffering from, not just celiac. 
Yeah, that is so incredible, isn't it? Because I think, and you've just mentioned it there, you don't you don't have to have that diagnosis, right? I know, you know, um, I, I'm not celiac, but I've been gluten free for many, many, many years. And I, as you know, going to the doctor many years ago, I was the same. I was like, I'm getting, you know, all this bloating. I'm getting this, you know, constipation. It was just this, oh, yeah. like you said, this slew of um, this these symptoms, and I didn't know what was going on. My sister was actually going through the same thing at the same time, and we both got the same result, um, the same answer from the doctor. And it was the um, irritable bowel syndrome, you know, just what, you know, just there was no answer to it. It's just like something that you're going to have to live with. And I, being so health conscious, was like, I'm not going to take that as an answer. So yeah. I was doing a lot of, you know, experimenting with myself. And I noticed when I pulled back on that gluten, it was like, holy moly. It was like this big shining light of like, that was what was causing a lot of inflammation, a lot of my gut issues. And like you said as well, in your brain it was the mental health as well and that mm -hmm. can that can affect our mood and our energy and it can do so much if your gut's not right that mind gut connection if your gut's right. not right your mind's not right so um for people that haven't got that celiac diagnosis and there might be some people listening who have that celiac and can really relate to you here what is you know what are the benefits of jumping off it or or kind of giving that permission that you don't actually need that diagnosis um, and what kind of benefits could they start seeing even if they gave it a, a go? Right. Well, and some experts would agree with disagree with me, but I think you should always be tested for celiac disease before you implement a gluten-free diet. This way, you know, you have to be eating gluten in order for a celiac disease test to be accurate. Once you take that test, let's say it's negative, but you still, you know, we all sort of suspect it's gluten. We are, you know, very intuitive beings. Um, if you suspect it's gluten, or I guess more so wheat, it's sort of a misnomer. We say gluten intolerance, but it's really a wheat intolerance because a lot of people are reacting to other components of wheat, not just the gluten, but maybe also the gliadin and other proteins in wheat as well. So it's, it's, it's all wheat. Um, there are some tests that you can take. Now, I don't know that there is a standard test that worldwide is accepted like there is with the celiac disease test. Um, here, I, I don't know if you guys have it there, there's a test called the Wheat Zoomer here in the US that um, can test for your sensitivity to all the different peptides and proteins in wheat. And it's really helpful to have that test because I think that once you know you have an issue, you can do something about it. But sometimes we feel like we're guessing. And when we're guessing, we may not take our diet as serious or someone else may not take us as serious when we say, you know, we need a gluten-free meal. They're like, yeah, prove it, right? Um, and so it is nice to have that test. But like I said, there aren't really some gold standard tests out there. Now, mind you, just because there aren't tests and there isn't a ton of research on gluten intolerance. This is a fairly new disorder. Um, that doesn't mean it's a non-existent disorder. There, there's lots of millions. I mean, there's 18 million people in the US. I'm not sure what worldwide numbers look like, but 18 million people in the US have a gluten um, intolerance or a wheat intolerance. That's not celiac disease. That's just gluten intolerance. So we know millions of people are not just making this up. Right. So, but again, the testing is so hard. So if you can't get a test I mean, you can obviously talk to your doctor, sometimes they don't know. A lot of doctors don't know. And the science is changing so fast that 
I would I would guess your doctor has no idea really how to test you for a gluten intolerance these days. If you suspect it, you can do an elimination diet. And I recommend working with, you know, a qualified health coach or nutritionist or somebody to help you um, do this elimination diet correctly and, and really truly eliminate gluten, not go on a low gluten diet, but really eliminate diet, uh, uh, eliminate gluten and wheat from your diet and, and see what it's like when you reintroduce it. And you usually will get a good sense of how gluten makes you feel after you stop eating it for a while. I think one of the problems is that because it is an invisible illness, we don't always know what it's doing. We may be like, well, I stopped eating gluten and, you know, my joint pain got a little better, but I still have arthritis or something like, you know, and we don't really truly see the connection, which can be hard, but there is a connection. And we're seeing a lot of the research coming out, like that study I mentioned that is connecting autoimmune and other, you know, chronic diseases to diet and gluten specifically. Mm. What is it doing to us if we don't do anything about it? Like you're in that denial. And I know that's a lot of people I've spoken to that don't have that diagnosis, just for example, and they continue to eat the foods. They might run off to the bathroom and their excuse, I've actually heard someone say this, their <laughs> excuse is, as soon as I go to the toilet, it, everything's better. Like I feel better. Mm. It's just, but they, they're accepting that as normal is, okay, I've eaten gluten. I've run off to the bathroom. It, I've expelled it. Right. <laughs> what, but what is it actually doing to, I mean, our gut lining, right? That, that would be doing a lot of damage over time. Right. Right. It's more of a slow drip, right? Like we don't necessarily, you know, see the damage. It's it, again, it's invisible. It's inside us. And it's this slow drip of damage, like a faucet left on will drip, 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 and eventually will deteriorate whatever it's dripping on. And um, I think that's what we see with a lot of people with gluten, but with the rise of chronic illnesses with metabolic, um, metabolic disease and autoimmune diseases and things like that, we're definitely seeing this tie from diet, you know, uh, what the food at your end of the at the end of your fork is definitely affecting your health and your chronic health. So you know, there's been a lot of different things and research out there with gluten. Like they they say that you know you have a higher early mortality rate if you continue to eat gluten. And ironically, this study that was in the Journal of American Medicine, which is a a, a big research journal out here, they had said that people with just gluten sensitivity. And I say just very lightly because I love when people like just, it's not just a gluten sensitivity, but people with gluten sensitivity, not celiac disease, have like a threefold risk of early death than people with celiac disease. And I think it's because they don't take their diet as serious as, as those with celiac. And then what we're also seeing is a lot of people live into ripe old age because of modern medicine, but we're seeing them live in this state of morbidity, like 10 years mm. in a state of dying, right? They're suffering, they've got pain, they can't breathe, they can't move, they have Alzheimer's, you know, these are all these, these illnesses that kind of catch up to us over time. And so I always tell my family, I'm like, I wanna live to a ripe old age, but then I wanna die quickly. And I know that sounds morbid in a way, but I just don't wanna live in a state of dying. I wanna be able to still move and think and do all these things in a ripe mm. old age. And I think we're seeing most people are robbed of that as they get older. And so, you know, really it's about taking your diet seriously and, and really working on it your whole life. Because I think 
we're so dependent on modern medicine and pills and surgery, and those can only go so far. We're seeing a lot of diseases reversed just by people changing their diet. Mm, that's right. And it's not, it's not the first thing people look at, unfortunately, at the moment. It's what medication can I go on? What, you know, how can you fix me when you, you just, you know, if you're on the medication, then you're continually feeding yourself okay. all these foods that are doing a disservice to your body. Like it's just that, that push pull, isn't it? That push pull continual. I know here in Australia, our agricultural um, practices have changed over time. And I remember reading something, I'm not sure if you can relate to this as well, that our wheat um, was quite a small little like seed back in the day, like years and years and years ago. And now it's so genetically modified. They, we have these big wheat grains they're massive um that is causing um you know that they're really over that over processed they're sprayed they are just genetically modified to um keep up with demand of our food you know so you have flour on this on the shelf at the supermarket um do you think that that like why weren't we seeing that we do you agree with that why we weren't seeing this years and years ago or do you think it's always been around Right. This is such a great question and something I was getting this question a lot. And I'm like, I think I need to like do some research on this. And I actually yeah. read an article on it. And I've read, um, there's a book called Wheat Belly that talks a lot about the changes in wheat. And we're actually seeing that possibly changes in wheat and the way that it's grown. It's not genetically modified, but it has been crossbred with, you know, and mated with different forms of grasses. And yeah, we're, we've gone to, you know, great big wheat that is resistant to, um, you know, diseases and bugs and things like that. And so there's been some studies on this. And if I recall correctly, a lot of the studies aren't necessarily about gluten because, um, they're actually saying that some of the wheat today has less gluten in it, but there's still an issue with wheat. And so there is, you know, again, two separate things and there's other components of wheat. But what I think we're seeing is we eat a lot of wheat. <laughs> we eat it in a very highly processed form. So we're not getting, you know, necessarily fiber and nutrients from it. We're just getting like a sugar spike. You know, it is sprayed with chemicals. Some people will, you know, you could probably find studies that go both ways on this, but sometimes these chemicals are, you know, disrupting our gut and it's sprayed on wheat and we're eating a lot of wheat. Um, but what I really think is that our diagnostic tools have gotten better. Our awareness of these disorders have gotten better. And I think that's why we're seeing a rise in celiac disease worldwide and with gluten disorders worldwide. It's just that awareness. Um, and, and I do think our poor diets are contributing obviously to, you know, obesity and diseases and things like that, that are, you know, making people think about their diets in a new way, right? Like we can't all be just getting sick. We're, we're doing something to ourselves or our food supply is compromised or whatever it is. But, um, one thing that was really interesting when I was working on this article, you know, was it the changes in wheat? I don't know. Um, but I did find that a really interesting thought is that so have you, you've probably heard this, that sometimes people go gluten-free, wheat-free, and then, you know, they say, you know, I've been doing this for three months. I think I'll test it or take a break, or I don't want to do this anymore, whatever it mm. is. And then they go eat some gluten and then they feel like death, right? It's not yeah. just going to the bathroom. Like you said before, it's, 
they're like out for a week. They feel like death. They feel horrible. And they're like, wait, I used to be able to eat gluten. Mm -hmm. And, you know, three months ago I was able to eat it. You know, I maybe felt a little sick, but I wasn't like in my bed, on my deathbed, you know, feeling. Um, and what we're seeing is that, you know, people with a gluten intolerance are having what we call this loss of oral tolerance, where they can no longer tolerate even a bit of gluten, even a crumb of gluten. And so I sort of was thinking it's it's similar to um, like an alcoholic. An alcoholic could drink a ton of alcohol and still be fully functional. But once they detox from the alcohol, then they have a little sip and they're like, it totally sets them back there, you know, and all of a sudden they, they feel those effects even with just one drink where they used to be able to maybe have 20 drinks. Mm. And so that's sort of what's happening with gluten. Our bodies make memory B cells to gluten, which means our immune systems remember gluten. They always attack gluten. They know they don't like gluten. They're always making antibodies to gluten. It's really, I think, the only food source that our bodies make antibodies to with those memory cells. It's fascinating. <laughs> oh my goodness. So if you, so, so that's a good thing. What's happening after the three months? Um, so after three months, they are, they realize, you know, maybe they should not be eating gluten because they feel deathly ill after they eat gluten because they have lost that tolerance to gluten. They were yeah. able to tolerate it then they detox from it and now they can't tolerate it at all. They have a true gluten sensitivity. Yeah, um, just like an alcoholic can no longer tolerate alcohol. If they fall off the wagon, it's really their, their bodies just, they can get drunk off one sip of alcohol um, because they've detoxed from it. So you've really, if you've detoxed from gluten and then you go back on it, a lot of people feel really sick. And I'll say that's the same with celiac disease because, you know, I was eating gluten my whole life. And I would get, you know, bloated and I had other symptoms that I'm able to connect to my gluten issue with gluten growing up and as a young adult. But um, now if I get a crumb of gluten, you know, I'm running for the toilet, I'm feeling ill. Mm. I can't even tolerate a crumb of it. Like my body has detoxed from it <laughs> and it does not want it anymore. So it got worse. Yeah, that I can totally relate to that. I actually had something of my daughter's in um, a cereal uh, during the um, during the week, just a couple of days ago, and I had a headache and I was on the couch and I was feeling really ill. And I actually thought what I was eating was gluten-free because I haven't had it in so long. And when I read, read the packet, there was actually a couple of ingredients in there that could have had. And and oats was one of them. And I was going to chat to, chat to you about oats because I know you have to buy an gluten-free oats and I always yeah. buy a gluten-free because of that cross-contamination so I, I'm so glad that you cleared that up because that's a really big question I get a lot um but yeah I had this sensitivity that it made me really ill and it wasn't a running to the bathroom situation that it was the headache it was the feeling really nauseous and I had to lay down and it wasn't until yeah I went when I'm went and read the back of the packet and the only reason I was eating it is because it was a chocolate um it was had a cacao um uh, flavor to it and I was in that time of my cycle where I was craving sugar and so I just wanted it and I, I'd eaten it and then I was like oh hang on a second I went and read it so you've cleared up so so much um, already for people that are curious about you know like you said it doesn't have to be that that celiac it can be that sensitivity that you might be having inside your body and it can you know, today, it might make you aware to be like, oh, maybe I'm going to give this a go and 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 see and what you said, go go get the the diagnosis 
I was working alongside a naturopath at the time when I was eliminating mine. So that's what helped me on my journey. Um, what Can we talk about gluten-free foods? And I know it's the same <laughs> worldwide because this isn't like, oh, I've got a gluten sensitivity or I'm, I'm still like, I'm going to go start eating gluten-free foods. Can we break the myth that gluten-free foods are healthy? Because some, I know there is, <laughs> there is a lot of, you know, unhealthy gluten-free foods because I know... I mean, I had heard um, a friend say recently, she's like, oh, this is healthy for me. It's gluten-free. So it's that is a very big myth because right. we know that, you know, there's a lot of other ingredients in these foods. Can we talk about the health benefit of why we should be steering towards more like whole fresh foods rather right. than just going to the supermarket and buying a gluten-free cake or a gluten-free, you know, whatever it is? Right. Yeah, a gluten-free cake and a regular cake are both made with white refined flours. One's made maybe with wheat flour, one's made with rice flour. They both have sugar in it. You know, neither of them would be considered a health food. Obviously eating gluten-free is better for a large number of people who might have chronic illnesses and autoimmune and celiac and all that stuff. But yeah, at the end of the day, it's not a health food. And really the way that I healed my body was not by eating, you know, tons of frozen dinners and packaged cookies and cakes. The way that I really healed my body was by nourishing it with whole real foods and eating lots of fruits and vegetables. I always try to have something, you know, green or red or something on my plate that's fresh and natural and whole, you know, healthy fats, lean proteins. And I really was working on that. At the same time, I always tell people, you know, I'm worthy of carbs. I don't think that we should eliminate all carbs. If you want a piece of bread, enjoy a piece of bread, but smear an avocado on it, you know, like try to incorporate fruits and vegetables and healthy foods in everything that you do. And that's really the path to healing. These are anti-inflammatory foods. These are fighting inflammation in your body. You know, every time you eat a piece of kale, you are fighting inflammation. You are reducing oxidative stress. You are doing all these great things in your body um, to help minimize disease. And, you know, the side effects are amazing. Not only are you healing your gut through food, but you'll see like you get better skin, you age more, you know, gracefully, I guess we can't stop aging, right? Mm -hmm. Kale's not going to stop aging, but, you know, it does keep you young inside and out by eating a whole foods diet. Mm, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And I love that you adopt that philosophy as well. It's not just, like you said, just going and eliminating the gluten. It's actually, this is this is a really good, you know, a, a transition to eating really beautiful, nourishing foods. And, right. and that breaking that myth as well, that if you go gluten-free, you have to give up carbs. And that, you know, that's not correct either. Mm. There is some beautiful, natural, whole carbohydrates that don't have gluten in them, like right. beautiful sweet potatoes and quinoa and rice. And, you know, it is. It's And like you said, the benefits, sleeping better, um, the more energy. Like I said, when I was, um, when I had that cereal of my daughter's during the week, I actually woke up with a rock hard gut the next day. I could see it in my tights when I was working mm -hmm. out. And I felt really inflamed and real, like I was holding that, um, that fluid the fluid retention I was I could see it in my arms and my face and I just knew that was because of what I'd eaten the day before um and just made sure I was nourishing my body um with you know a lots of water for one and just with all the fruits and vegetables because that that is healing like that that's what healed you as well what other um 
what other like benefits in your health did you notice when you you 10 years ago when you went celiac when yeah. you went celiac when you were diagnosed with celiac yeah there's so many benefits and and i'll i'll just add on to what you were saying too before i get into the benefits is that um you know i always tell people it's not just what you take out you know we're taking out mm -hmm. the gluten but it's what you put back in if you're just gonna go put a bunch of processed foods and you know you know sugar and things like that in your body you're not going to heal or it's going to be a very slow healing and so i found that i was able to really accelerate the healing by not only taking out the gluten and limiting sugar and processed foods but also by adding these good things back in and so um that that's what i i feel like we are always feeling like we're living without and we live in that state of depravity but right honestly like i felt like i've been eating like a queen you know eating so many good foods and honestly if i want the chocolate cake i'll eat a piece of chocolate cake because i know i've been nourishing my body along the way not just eating chocolate cake but yeah when i went gluten-free i it did take me a long time to come to that conclusion you know i was just swapping pizza gluten-free pizza and you know things like that i i didn't really change my eating habits at first and so i didn't feel great right away it did take time for me to realize hey wait a second i have to change things and so some of the healthier habits that i started to employ were things like um i i was i started juicing and i know i this is not like a juice detox cleanse i'm so against all of that but i was you know, maybe swapping a lunch or a snack for a clean green juice that I pressed myself at home. And what I was finding is that not only was I resting my digestive system, you know, our digestive system's constantly working, but it's kind of broken, right? Like I had a broken digestive system. So mm -hmm. I was resting it. And at the same time, I was just like, flooding it with all these nutrients from the juice and my body didn't really have to lift a finger to absorb all those nutrients. And when you have celiac disease, your body has been nutrient deprived for so long. Again, your small intestine is responsible for nutrient absorption and distribution. And if it's not working, if it's broken, if it's you know got little breaks in it, it's leaky, whatever you wanna say, um, it's not able to properly absorb nutrients. And so you, a lot of things go wrong when you don't have proper nutrients in your body. And so I found that juicing once a day for about six months, really, it just accelerated that healing process. I'd never felt better in my life. And now I don't juice every day now, but occasionally if I start to feel like, Ugh, you know, I'm not, I'm not feeling myself or maybe my guts, you know, a little sour tummy more often than not, I go back to that, that period of resting my digestive system and then flooding it with nutrients again, you know? So, and there's, there's a bunch of other techniques. And I think a lot of people just have to find the right techniques that work for them and they can work with a, a nutrition professional to really help them change their diet, get some healthier um, habits going in their life, you know, things like that, that'll really help them heal and accelerate you know their gut health mm, i love that so much and like you're saying it, like you said it's not about taking out it's about what you what you're putting in <laughs> oh i could not agree with that more I, I absolutely love that so much jenny is there anything that we haven't covered today that you wanted to <laughs> touch on 
Well, there's so much to cover, but um, I think you've touched on, you have so many great questions. And I think this will give people a taste of the, you know, why being gluten-free is important, especially if you have autoimmune or celiac disease. And I just, you know, I know you have information. I have a ton of information on my website and anyone can come to me if they have other questions as well. And I'd be happy to chat with them. Mm, absolutely. I can link your website onto the, in the show notes as well. But Jenny, thank you so much. Oh, and your book as well, Dear Gluten, It's Not Me, It's You, which I love that title. <laughs> it's just, it's so catchy and it's so true. Like you said, it's like breaking up with a boyfriend. Yeah. You do have to go through that grieving process. But at the end, you know, like all breakups, you feel so amazing and empowered and, right. you know, you, you, you always feel stronger at the end. So I love it. Thank, thank you so thank much. Thank you. I appreciate it. How amazing is she? She shares so much of her wisdom and knowledge with us, and I am so grateful for this chat. We both love a good conversation and would love to hear your biggest takeaways over on our socials too. You can find Jenny over at Good For You Gluten Free, and my handle is at Hayley underscore Morecambe on Insta or Hayley Morecambe on Facebook. Check out the show notes for all the links, including Jenny's book and her website and my brand spanking new cookbook, Naturally Nourished, for all my favorite gluten-free recipes. They are mm, 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 so good. Until next time, sending you so much love and so much light. Mwah! Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.